0: Hello, this is the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya, and this is podcast number 85. Again, I've not been great at doing these regularly, but uh, things are busy. I've got a solo Saya album coming out. There are some singles out already, uh, and another one coming soon. I've been playing shows, and generally, times have yeah just been super busy. But it is so fun when I get to do one of these, especially. Uh, with the amazing guest, Cash Savage. Cash Savage and The Last Drinks have just released the album So This Is Love and it's so, so great. I've been loving listening to it for the last few weeks and they are about to go on a massive tour. So you've got to go, go buy tickets now. We talk a little bit about the importance of buying tickets early in this chat, so you just gotta go do it. Our industry is fragile and scary sometimes and buying tickets is important. Cash's strange show illustration was done by her bandmate Nick Finch. It's such a great and funny story and it's such a great and funny illustration. Thank you so much, Nick, for taking the time to do it. And uh, as you know, all illustrations can be seen on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page. Lots of laughs in this one, as always. I hope you love this chat as much as I did. Here is podcast number 85 with Cash Savage. Hey, thank you so much for doing my podcast.
1: No worries. Thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: This is a great start.
1: We are talking (laughs) a little bit like this. (laughs) I always start every interview like this. This is a good start for me. We're going good places from here.
0: (laughs) I am really excited. You've just released your fifth album. Um, So This Is Love just released last week. How are you feeling about it?
1: Uh, actually, I feel heaps better now that it's out than I did I before. Yeah. yeah. It's Actually, this one's really stressful. And I think, you know, like it's like you make this, make something and you're like, is anyone going to – is this going to resonate with anyone? Is this yeah. – you know, is this – what have I made? What is this? How did this like, happen? I've been working on this for a long time. Did I? Did I put too many things on the album? Like there's a lot of thoughts that go through my head. And then you put it out and then – Actually, we put it out and then we got all these lovely reviews and I actually cried because I just had no idea which way it was going to go, you know? Like, it just, like, we've put out a bunch of albums. People like our stuff and they always say nice things. And so I was like, is this album going to get nice things about it, you know? Yeah, it's so stressful. The last one was so political. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, do people just want to hear political things from me? Are they ready for a love album from Cash Savage? You know, like. I know. Are they ready ready for this? So.
0: I think I was reading an interview with you where you were saying that the political album kind of came as a surprise. You didn't sit down to write a political album. Mm. Um, Do you think the love album came as a surprise as well? Yeah. I mean, I think
1: all my albums come as a surprise because I'd like (laughs) to think I have some kind of control over what I write, but it turns out I don't. Nobody does, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I'm because like, I was like, oh, this is a great time to write a political album. Like all the politicians around the world are fucked and, yep. you know, and there's um, so much awful stuff going on. There's so many oppressed people and the divide between rich and poor just keeps getting bigger and bigger and there's so many things I could write about. And then I'm like, I'm going to write about – I I'm like, cool, I'll write about something political. And then I'm like, song about heartbreak. Okay, cool, cool. See, see how the next <laughs> song goes, heartbreak. I'm like, all right, okay. I see where this is going, so <laughs> next heartbreak. <laughs> Damn it. Heartbreak. Yeah. It's just like okay. Damn it. I because really, I really enjoy performing political songs.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Like I really enjoy performing those songs. Some of those songs you get to i so have I've we've got I get to perform at the crowd, you know? Yeah, rather than absolutely. with the crowd. Whereas you don't perform a love song at a crowd, you sort of perform it with the crowd. So it's a different Different vibe. Yeah.
0: How are you feeling about – you're just about to start like a pretty massive tour. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about having to relive the Heartbreak After Heartbreak
1: song when you perform them? No, I, I really like to just um, – I really like to just give the songs away so it's not something I really – like i'm gonna I really enjoy the process of giving the songs to the people and to to anyone who wants to listen so um and once they become everyone's, it's sort of the last part of the processing for me for them to go and the the thoughts have been had the thoughts have been put into painstakingly put into words and music, and now they're off at doing their thing so. That's
0: so – I've never heard someone talking about giving their songs to people. I think that's such a lovely notion of it's almost like a gift or like it's it's
1: a shared thing. It's not your thing anymore. It isn't. It's that thing where um, – I mean, with this album I've talked a little bit about what the songs are about, but that's a little bit because I I find it really hard to talk about these topics and I'm hoping – and I, th- I think that that might be universal, and I'm mm. hoping that me talking about it can help other people talk about it. There's a, there's a little part of me that's like, I can. This is, this is something that I can do, um, for everyone and myself, mm. especially myself. Um, but previously I was a little bit reluctant to give away what the songs are about because people will come up to me and have like these. They'd be like, oh, I love this particular song. You know, you must have been so sad when you wrote it. And I'd think, no, I actually was really happy. That (laughs) song was written because I woke up in the morning with a huge hangover after a massive night. And I thought, I've got this really sick party to go to tonight. And I'm gonna to go to that, you know, like, and that, yeah. that's where the song came from. But people were like, "Oh, you must have been so sad when you wrote that." You're like, "I was a bit sad and, about um, my
0: hangover, but otherwise, I was alright."
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I was actually really hopeful and looking forward to, the, you know, if I think back at that time, to the I next a really hangover good time. Yeah, yeah. Then looking forward to the next hangover. <laughs> Plus, there's that whole thing where you can't get a hangover twice in a row. So yeah. Anyway, so it's so I have I don't I like to give them away. I think that sort
0: of. It's in the eye of the beholder, you know. I I love that where as soon as you've let it go or as soon as, as you say, you've gifted it to someone,
1: they can interpret that however they perceive it. You don't get to control what the people take from it. Mm. Like you, all the things you can control the whole way through, so much of it. But in the end when you put it out there, you have no control how people perceive it or how it how it actually relates to them. Mm. I mean, people talk about universal topics, but there's an ambiguousness around those universal topics and I think that's important because people have to – people's experience with these universal topics are individual. So.
0: Well, but I think that on this album you do have a lot of these really universal – even just like little sentences that – you know, the one that really stuck out for me was – um, I've got ai got a fantasy that I can be everything. What that means to me and, it, you know, I'm very well aware that that's probably not what it means for you, the writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, I feel like that, that that pressure that you put on yourself to or the pressure I put on, on myself to be everything for everyone all the time um, mm-hmm. and the mental load that comes with that is, um, yeah, that's the thing that
1: like really hit me in the heart when I listened to that song. Well, you know what? I actually you were pretty <laughs> you are correct. I mean normally yes. I would say that everyone is correct, but you are yeah. correct. I was thinking a lot about that. Um, that song is a bit of a song about to to all the people in my world. Um but yeah, I've got a fantasy that I can be everything you need. Mm. Um is a yeah. I mean I love that you love that song because uh, that line because that's probably all the songs go in and out of being my favorites but that one in particular has a real has a real place for me and when I say I give all those songs away I think it's going to some songs take longer to give away yeah And I think that song is going to be one of those songs that take longer to give away
0: well it's hard to let go sometimes it is yeah but I love that song for so many reasons, even the the build up, the the jangly guitars and all of that stuff that you've got so many textures on the record and so many layers and thinking about how you write a song like that and how you collaborate with the people that are collaborating with you on that song. I wonder if you how you do it? Like do you come in and and as a conductor sort of thing and go, "Okay, you need to jangle jangle
1: for 16 bars." <laughs> Then you need to. (laughs) That song was a pretty tricky one to put together. That took Mm. a lot of effort, as because as you probably noticed, it drops a beat every now and then, or you may not have. I really hoped that when we finished that song, that no one would notice how jazzy it is. Not a jazz fan. I actually didn't notice that.
0: I didn't notice. Yeah, there's some there's some
1: really weird timings in there. It's oh. really difficult to play live, so it's um, not
0: played to click.
1: No, mm. is no. any
0: of the album played to click?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, some of the tracks are, um, yeah. but not definitely not that one. Yeah, um, that one is, and that one's a very that one. There was a lot of discussion between um, Joe, who plays guitar, Nick on bass, and Renee because. Joe's guitar comes in like a beat or half a beat before the drums and the bass come in each time those verses come round. So, yeah, it's, it, it, that song is a, a really tricky one to play and we've been playing it live um, here and there. But interestingly, we had a different drummer last time we went on tour um, and Tino, who was who's just phenomenal, um, but there's something about the way that Nick and Joe were locked into what Renee does that when we introduced another drummer, it became this really tricky song to play. Yeah, and so because the, the three of them all have to just work off each other, um, it's it's like it, it's like they're all breathing it in and out at once in that song, and it's amazing. And then yeah, I mean honestly. When Dougal and Cat come in, it's not just jangly guitar. It's also that violin playing along with it. It's amazing. Mm. But yeah, that song was a very tricky one to put together, particularly as I brought it to them and was like, here's the song. It drops a beat here, but then it doesn't drop a beat here. <laughs> yeah. you know? When we play through it the second time, it doesn't do it, but it does do it here. And like, it took a lot of times running through to actually get that to a point where it is now where it sounds like nothing is weird.
0: Yeah. Like it's almost weird at like all. it's beautiful. No,
1: nothing's nothing's weird and and which is amazing and it says a, a lot to um the caliber of the last drinks that what's going on there is actually quite tricky to play. Um it's almost like trying to figure out a song backwards or something, but when uh but when you hear it it just sounds like a song like a regular song.
0: I, I think that's one of my favourite things and you only really notice it when you try and play other people's songs where, where mm-hmm. a song sounds super simple. You sit down, try to play it and you go, what the fuck is that? Like what is that called? I, I recently did um, a show for Pub Choir and mm-hmm. I, was doing, um, I was just doing synth pads for um, The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. These chords were like chords I'd never played before, and intonations of chords that I, you know, Mm -hmm. it it was so like the first few times I played it, I was like, man, I always thought that the winner takes it all is such a beautiful sort of simplish pop song, but when I tried to learn it, I was like, what the fuck are these chords? It was so hard. Yeah, yeah, geniuses. Yeah, that's what makes it special. So yeah, it must be really cool to. To be able to make a a song that is really complex and tricky sound like it's not
1: weird. That song, um, I want to be everyone and push, uh, like doing maths equations in your head sometimes. Like you, like when you start when you have to. There's moments when we play push live. At the moment, um, I'm doing almost all the cues. And I, if you watch me, I look like I'm being really intense, but actually I'm just counting the entire time. And if you watch (laughs) one of my hands, you'll see one of my hands is actually counting the (laughs) B. You're like a baseball guy, just like making
0: weird symbols. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
1: Doing doing weird cues as to how it goes. We've finally taken, um, I don't cue it into, out of the lead break now. Dougal does it who's our other guitarist, but Mm. um, all the cues going into the I'm not feeling too hot today live are still cued by me. And that's mainly because in the studio I was in their head going one, two, three, four, five, six and cueing them into the next bit, you know. So um, we've not been able to find a way that we can remove me doing maths the entire way through the live song yet. But we will get
0: there. I think I was counting... While I was listening to it, I'm very much like a four four three four kind of writer. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear something that's like, is that song six eight? I mean, I think that's what I was counting, sort of. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not yeah. trained. I just. I was definitely counting when I was listening to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now I count, but when I wrote it, I didn't count. I just wrote it, and then, yeah. Then I had to start counting, in order for everyone to play it at the same time.
0: You've got to be a certain kind of brain to write songs in not in four four.
1: <laughs> yeah, well see, I always laugh at tool fans 'cause I just it's like the most math rock ever. Yeah. But um then I wrote push and I don't know what time it's in, but I've got to count the whole way through it. So Yeah, you're basically um, tool I, now. Yeah, I'm basically Tool, yeah. <laughs> um I I do get people um ask me what time it's in it is in, and they say, Is it in this? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is it goes bump, bump, ba bump, yeah. bump, the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. That's all I know. <laughs>
0: I, I was um I, I interviewed Stu from King Gizzard a mm-hmm. while ago, and he was saying that him and his drummer are such like timing nerds that they they have a song on their record that actually goes like up a beat per bar. Oh my god! Like up and up and up and up and up yeah, until right. they're at like twenty four, six wow. or whatever.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah. See, um, I always loved. Um, I I'm the first time I ever experienced anything like that was when I was like young teens, and all you need is love has that three four timing that yeah. has that one note one bar of three four. Yeah, and I thought that was so cool.
0: Yeah, I had the same thing with Golden Brown by the Stranglers. It has got oh, that really it's got that really funny more. little extra bit.
1: Yeah, and so does Hey Yar, I believe. Oh yeah, it's got that one, two, three. It's got a five. I think it's got a yeah. five count in it where that clap is. There's an extra yeah. beat. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I've always been a massive like. I've all, I think it's really clever. It's really difficult to. For me, I, if I tried to do that, it would be so awful. But yeah, really, <laughs> if you like lock me away from my friends for two years and not let me play music with anyone else, then all of a sudden my timing becomes weird. So that's all that happened. Yeah, it's not, I love it's that. not anything to do with me being clever. It's just me being slowly chipping away at songs for so long.
0: And you're clever. But speaking of um, being locked away from your friends and stuff for two years... It must have been, I don't know if this is how you felt, I certainly had lots of feelings about this where when you're not touring and you're not in front of an audience and connecting with an audience, you sort of almost lose your identity a little bit internally. Mm. Did you struggle with that
1: kind of feeling? Oh, hugely. Yeah, hugely. I think also it's not just the being in front of crowds. It's like it's fucking hard being a musician Mm -hmm. and anyone who has got to a point where even when they've got a band who's doing shows would know how hard it is and what an extraordinary skill set you have to have to actually do that and then to get to a point where you're traveling around the world and you're releasing albums and you've got all these different record labels and and all these people that are invested in your business and, you know, like it's, that's a lot of work, you know, and that's not just um, these moments where you're in front of the people. It's like hours of work behind the scenes, Mm. thousands of hours of work behind the scenes to get to that point. I mean, that's not even taking into account how long it takes to learn an instrument, you know, Um, and so there's like all of that. And, And then like you do that for, you know, 20 years of your life. And then one day all you've got is going fishing. Yeah. It's like it's it's such a weird switch, you know. It was like – it was so strange. So, yeah, I mean, it was – yeah, I lost my identity for many things. I mean, I I was self-managed from – most for a lot of my career mm. and now um i have a manager but i'm still very active in that part of it and um so it was you know it was everything all my my day job my my my, my job is being me yeah so and that was just and i spend hours and hours doing that mm. and that was just stopped it was just that's it i know so yeah it was I, massive loss of identity
0: so crazy and then you're like who even am i if i can't do that what else do i have in my yes. life
1: what do i have yeah what can i do yeah it was pretty tricky and you know like I, I don't know if you've got a kid or not but i don't there's a loss of identity that comes with having a child as well because i bet your world gets turned upside down and then you've got a really i heard a really great analogy of it as um Having a child is like, um, imagining your life is a plate, and you drop a plate, and you can put the plate back together, as you, you know, as you know, you can put it all back together, but it'll always have those glue lines. It's never actually going to be what it was. It's mm-hmm. always a plate that's been glued back together, and then you can, so you choose which parts of your life you choose that you want to have po- post the kid, you know, but. So, yeah, it was, you know, there's – there's and, you know, I love being a parent, so I'm very happy to include being a parent as part of my identity. But, uh, yeah, it was very difficult to give up the rest of it.
0: It's such a big thing, and especially also as I'm getting older. I don't know if this is how you feel as well. I mean, I feel like you've really made a life out of this, but um – Some parts of being a touring musician really feel like a young man's game, you know, a young girl's game where you're just like, fuck, I can't sleep on couches anymore. You know, I can't do what I used to be able to do in terms of performance night after night,
1: not sleeping. I can do the performances and the not sleeping. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I'm really good at at not (laughs) sleeping. Um... And um, I can do the performances night after night. I absolutely love that. Um, there are some aspects of it, but I mean, we're pretty like I wouldn't say lucky because, as I just said, we worked really hard to get to this mm. point. But we don't, we don't. Um, you know, it says in our writer three star minimum hotels. Thank you very much. So yeah. you know, like we That's we important. have okay hotels. It yeah. is. Um, and we had to put in line in our writer saying bed sharing is not acceptable. They just oh kept God. like, there's some parts of the world where if you ask for two beds, you, like you get two people, they'll just put you in a double bed and you're like, oh, no. like we're, we're all too old yeah, for no. this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, even when we were younger, it's like, <laughs> I, I've, I've got to sit next to this person, um, in the band van for hours i do not want to be also sleeping next to them i love them very much but i just don't want that you know yeah so totally yeah so (laughs) yeah i'm pretty jack of that but to be fair i was pretty jack of that a long time ago i used to be better at sleeping on the floor i'm pretty shit at it now so like we luckily enough we don't do any of that anymore Mm. um Maybe that's mainly what I mean is like
0: I think I've done my time sleeping on floors and couches, and not that I've done that for a very long time now, either, but yeah, I just can't imagine, <laughs> but,
1: yeah, I couldn't imagine starting off again and having yeah. to do all of that, yeah, um yeah, I mean, they always say with careers, there's an up and a down, and I think if I got to the point where I have to sleep on the floor again, I think that'd be that that'd be that'd be it a bit of a. That might be it for me. Yeah.
0: Um, I think one of my lowest points ever was like sleeping on the floor in a, a house that I'm pretty sure was like a drug dealer's house in um, Denton, uh, Texas. And the, a dog came in and the dog only had one eye. It was like it looked like the other eye had been gouged out and it did a poo <laughs> right next to me. <laughs> That's and I was really like. Good. I'm pretty sure I was about 20 and at that point I went, I'm too old for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny. I was actually just telling this story to someone the other day about how we um, recorded at, in a recording studio in Prague and there's lots of recording studios in Europe where they've got like a residence or something. So they said, you can stay there. And we were like, oh, great. But what they meant is we could sleep on sleep on the floor. Yeah. But it was this really funny thing where – all around the walls were this just just sort of sitting up against the walls was this acoustic foam, and we're like, can we sleep on the foam? They're like, no, that's very expensive. Uh, you have to sleep on the floor, and we were like, but it's the floor is filthy. They're like, yes, but that is too expensive for you to sleep on. I'm like, okay, can we lean against the foam? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that's right. No, <laughs> there was one couch, but it was a two person couch, so oh, one no. person scored a two person couch. But I'm not sure if that's a score. Anyway, yeah, that's it was, terrible. Yeah. yeah, and the um, engineer just locked himself in. There was a, a couch in the in the control in the, room in or the control room, but yeah. yeah, but he locked himself in there, so we couldn't steal anything or something because they didn't know us, <sighs> which is fair. But yeah, he locked himself in there with all the microphones. It was quite an odd experience, but yeah, weird. The next night we just got a hotel. We're like, you yeah. should have just told us. We could have just got a hotel. But yeah. by now but now it's like 9, 10 p.m. and it's too late. let yep. We'll just stay on the floor looking oh at the phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks so comfy. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. You know, it's dense and it'd be comfortable. Yeah. I mean, acoustic foam looks a lot like those um, bed toppers, you know. So it was Totally. Probably, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Super we were, comfy, I reckon. Could have had a really good night's sleep.
0: Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know that like now that you know you're back touring and doing a big tour and stuff I've seen a lot of friends lately get quite worried around ticket sales and you know especially like going to smaller like regional places do you worry about things like that I've seen lots of friends say like if we if we don't sell another 100 tickets we're gonna have to cancel this show and I think it's just the landscape at the moment being that people are still not wanting to buy tickets or people are worried about getting sick or, you know, people are still anxious around being around other people. Yeah. Massively. Does that
1: cross your mind or are you feeling okay about it? No, hugely. I'm pretty concerned about it. I mean, um, there's definitely, um, honestly, we almost can the show in Frio. Mm. Um, and the tickets sort of started to pick up. Um, just, the weekend, we lo- it's got till Monday and it picked up. But, yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying those things. Yeah. And, yes, we're we're definitely really feeling it. And, like, I always am – you know, I still get all the ticket updates for all our shows Um, just because I don't really like surprises, you know. And also I yes. think it's one of those things where I'd rather know that it's not doing well and then be like, can we do things about this rather than the venue going – You've only sold X amount of tickets for this weekend. What can we do? And it's like it's too late. Then you know, like yeah. So um, yeah, there's definitely a couple of shows on this run that are um, a bit concerning for us. And it's a funny thing because it's like I feel weird about talking about it because it feels like there's something that we're not supposed to talk about. I know. I yeah.
0: Like, I feel the same way. But, but
1: why? But like, why? why not? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know cuz um, I've been seeing them like people talking about it a li- little bit more on social media and I think eep like immediately I get I feel weird about it but then I think no this is so important like people need to know that musicians livelihoods are, d- are dependent on this in a real way you know that touring is yeah um, absolutely it's really the only way to make money at this point really unless you get synchs and if people aren't coming to shows then it's, you know, deeply affecting everyone.
1: It's the, it's the end of the line. like Yeah. Like, well, I never cared about how little money we make out of our records because we sold so many tickets, you know. like Yeah, that's right. The band as a business can continue to run um, because we sell tickets. And, like, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that it'll come good. Yeah. Um, I know there was a show just recently that I went to that on the, it happened on a Saturday night and on the Tuesday they almost cancelled the show, and then on the Saturday night it was pretty much sold out. Yeah, and it's like that's fine for that show, but are you going to be that show or are you going to be a I show know. that actually has no tickets sold? So it's, it's yeah, it's pretty stressful. I mean, honestly, the the one of our best performing ticketing shows is one of the regional ones, regional Victorian shows. Amazing, um, but. Um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if it's COVID anymore. I think maybe people got out of the habit. I think also everybody knows that no one's buying tickets. So they mm. don't, um, they know they don't have to buy tickets. And then yeah. like the, the, um, we almost canned the show in Frio. And then we saw one of our mates bands actually can the show, their show. Same venue weekend before. um, uh, And now I feel like it f- particularly in that market, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. Maybe people aren't buying tickets because people actually just aren't coming. Yeah. But if you don't That's buy tickets. That's so true. Yeah. Then, then people aren't going to come, you know. And like, I did an interview with RTRFM, which is Perth, um. Just in case anyone who's listening doesn't know that. But, um, <laughs> hi, Perth. Uh, hi, Perth. Um, and someone rang up, someone texted in and was like, I wish you were doing two shows in oh. WA. <laughs> and I actually laughed out loud when they read it out because I'm like, yeah, you know how bands do two shows? people buy tickets that's how two shows happen you can't just wish that people are going to do two shows we wish we were doing two shows as well like that would be really nice but the reality is we're struggling to fill one room there's absolutely no way we're going to take on a second room like yeah yeah and i think it's
0: also that thing about like um growing your audience in terms of, you know, playing a little bit bigger venue the next time you go back and then the pressure of trying to fill that is is really stressful or it can be stressful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the music industry is quite fragile and stressful at times. But, I mean, it's so amazing that you get to do it and it's so amazing that, like, people... Obviously, are buying a lot of tickets to your shows, and I've heard you know loads of people are so excited about it. And in particular, like I think your live shows are, have a really quite amazing reputation, um, which must mm. be a nice feeling that you know that you can perform. Like you're not going, oh, I don't know if this is going to be a good show. You kind of walk in going, you
1: know, we're good at this, we can do it. Yeah, I don't really get nervous about whether or not they're really good shows. I yeah, that's I've amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure if I should tell this story, but I have a bit of a um, superstition where I don't wash my gig shirt unless it's a bad show. And ah. um, so I will – I'm not sure if I should tell this story at all. But anyway, the, yeah, so – I can always um, edit
0: it out if you're worried later.
1: Well, it's just gross Um, <laughs> because we <just>, – <laughs> it's so gross. Hey, I'm pretty sure uh, the
0: Ramones didn't shower
1: for like six years, so I think you're Yeah, fine. and they're gross. Like <laughs> – Much less gross than that. But they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. I guess yeah. If not showering is cool, but the um, I do shower. I shower a lot. I'm actually quite a clean clean person, and I will just put my shirt on and then take it off at the end of the gig, so it's only on for that moment. But um, yeah. I mean, but I guess my point is that I guess for me there was only one show, um, last year that I thought maybe I should clean my shirt, and in the end I. We discussed it in the band, and I didn't. So, um, yeah.
0: You know, I think as long as you have your band support, who are the people that are closest to you while you're on stage, then it can't be that That's gross. Right. I'm not fine. a stinky guy. I'm yeah. just not a stinky
1: guy. So yeah, I'm not a stinky I mean, guy either. We're blessed. Yeah, so I can I can get away with it. <laughs> I mean, probably because I shower a lot, you know. So yeah. it's, you know, it's just my shirts filthy, but the rest of me is really clean.
0: I believe you. I reckon when you see you guys perform, you can tell that it's your happy place.
1: Yeah, it is a really. I really enjoy it. There's there's not many things I'd rather be doing than that. Um, I really enjoy performing, and all the last drinks are the same. I mean, people don't necessarily notice this, but the people who stand across the front of the last drinks are all front people from other bands. Oh, that's uh, great. All, I'm actually standing up there with, um, with, uh, one, two, three, four, five, four other front people. Um, so like that, uh, that there's there's a they all enjoy, the, the the light, and they all enjoy performing. Um, that's powerful. It is, and it it makes I think it makes for a really good show, and like it's it's fun for me because like. We're all also a little bit competitive, and I really enjoy watching um, other band members grab the attention of the crowd because you can see it from the stage. Um, and then I enjoy trying to grab it back, you know. Like it's 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 a really fun game that we're all playing on stage for everyone. Um, and on top of that, like for me, like these songs are so personal, and these guys mm. in the band, they just they take them on like they're their own and it's really um for me it's it's yeah it's really beautiful yeah it's so lovely when I started the band I really wanted a band where I could just do whatever I wanted and the band would come with me and that is absolutely what I have like That's there's amazing. one of the songs Pack Animals where if I'm playing guitar on it it's got a slightly different change in one of the parts and if I'm singing it, cha- I change the song in a different spot. And oh, wow. the other day we were playing it and the the rhythm section were like, you changed that, like you were playing guitar, but you didn't have the guitar, but like you would never know <laughs> that, they're, that they're just watching me being like, at which point is Cash going to drop into the next bit of this song? Uh, they all just look like they're having a really good time because they are having yeah. a really good time, but they're also yeah. very much watching me. That's um, cool. And I feel like
0: with such a big band behind you, you know, that the power of the band behind these songs where you're singing your heart out must be really comforting?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the support of the humans is probably more important, you know, like uh, maybe they're both so intertwined I'd, it's hard for me to pull apart. But even if there's just a couple of us playing in different parts, there's a there's a, I mean, there's a camaraderie that runs in every band, um, the last drinks have been together for over 10 years now and, um, getting on like 14, I think we've been playing together and, wow. um, four of the members, there's seven members, but four of the members, including myself have been there since well, three of the members have been there since the f- second show. And then, um, and no, since the f- Three of the members have been there since the first show. Um, Nick, Joe, and I were the first show, and then we added Renee in for the second show. So four of us have been there since the f- since the second show, and then the cat the joined very early on, and she's been such a big part of the band. It feels like she was there for forever. Mm. Um, and you know, like was this, that's they they're like a family to me, and we yeah, all know each other, like and we it. all know each other so intimately that you can be you know, like a family, like you can be, love someone and be shitted by them and also just sure. have the most wonderful night with them and then also have, you know, like it's just, there's an understanding there. But we also all know each other's stories really well mm. now. So, um, and, and you know, not to, like that doesn't, just because of that time doesn't mean we also don't have those same uh, connections with with the rest of the members there's a real um uh camaraderie or family that happens in the last Drinks, and i think that that comes out on stage i think that's a big part of it is that the humans of the last Drinks um all really love it love and respect each other and so that's um, so nice yeah because imagine
0: being in a band with cunts you just have the worst
1: time Oh, I'd be the worst. I remember hearing a band that said, "I don't know how you two are." Our whole um hate is silent and hates each other by the time they get to Aubrey, and yeah. I just thought, "Get out of that band! Get the fuck out of yeah. that band!" Like, <laughs> I'm I like, know. "What are you talking about?" By the time we get to Aubrey, we are up to the most like back in those days, we're up to the most ridiculous shenanigans yeah. just in the car with ourselves. Like, yeah, yeah, like just yeah, I know. yeah. I
0: know. I can't imagine it. I've got lots of friends that have played in bands like that, and I just think, oh my god, like or people that don't talk to each other until they're on stage, or you know, travel in separate yeah. tour buses or something. Like, just what is that? I guess that's money. That's a money-making thing at that point. Yeah, I think so.
1: Our driver in um, Europe um, didn't have any. Doesn't have any speakers in the back of the van. Uh, which is like when I say the back, which is the section we sit in, mm. there's no stereo. Um, and we're like, why don't you have a stereo? He's like, because most bands just um, put all, they'll put the headphones on. Yeah. We had to, we had to go, we have a band speaker that we hang <laughs> up in the car so we can listen to music all together. Cause... What are your go-to band, band records? Oh, we've got a game. It's called Spot Spot Boom Boom. And, Spot um, Spot Boom Boom. Yeah, we like making up games. That's another thing in the last drinks. We make up a lot of games. Um, I really
0: want to hear about Spot Spot Boom Boom.
1: Okay, so Spot Spot Boom Boom is you you come up with a topic and it could be anything like, um, you know, best instrumentals or, um, you know, songs with the bass players having the best time or um, like best duets or um, best movie scores or whatever. Everybody puts in one song into a playlist and then – you play the playlist on random, and everyone has to guess who put the song in, and right. so it's lots of fun. So that uh, sounds and, so fun. Yeah, and every round sort of gets us an hour down the road, so, there's <laughs> so because there's so many of us. So many of you. <laughs> yeah, and an hour just really yeah. easily disappears. and Driver's yeah. always in as well, um, and it's and it's fun. Like it's 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 amazing how many times where you could um, put. A song in, and someone else has put the song in. Oh and you're yeah, like, you're like, who put it? Because Spotify will tell you.
0: Oh yeah. Sometimes
1: it won't because sometimes if it's come from it like a if it's a song from a film clip uh, from a soundtrack or something, if you've put it in from two different places, it won't tell you. Yeah. Anyway, it yeah. So it'll be you. You'll go to put a song in, and you will have thought really long and hard about what you're going to put in there, and then you go to put it in. Someone else put it in, That's and you great. know for sure. Renee and I often put the same <laughs> songs in. If oh, he goes life. before me, I'm like, oh, you got me Damn again. It. And then you have to think <laughs> of something else. We actually almost, we had a really good topic. One time a topic was um, uh, worst songs to be played at a funeral. Oh, and that's a good one. we almost killed a guy on a bike. It was his fault. He <laughs> came out in front of the band van and Whoa. we had to screech to a halt. And, like, it was this huge big thing. And our driver, like. It, it, we were very anyway. The whole thing was very lucky that we didn't kill Whoa. him. But oh if he God. died, he would have died to what if God was one of us? <laughs> uh, what ever that? And then it would have gone straight into Kickstart my heart. So it, it, uh, we thought that was very very funny. Um, what
0: was what was your song for that round? Do you remember? Ooh. My immediate
1: thought would have been Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was mine? I could probably look it up, but I don't actually know off the top of my head. Um What If God was one of us is pretty funny. Oh, might have been right on time. Oh yeah. Um yeah. Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. get up. <laughs> 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 I think it's that's really what good. it was. Yeah. 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 I did break one of the rules where it was um uh uh songs that you dance on a table to. Oh yeah. Uh, An unwritten rules that was that we don't put our own songs on, and I put Ratatat in. I was like, "Come on, I dance on a table to this pretty much every night, so I'm putting this song in." Everyone's yeah. like, "Who put this on?" I was like, "Of course, me. I dance to this. I'm allowed to." Yeah, I have to. It's my job yeah. is to actually dance on a on a really yeah. big table that you're all standing on with me right. to this song. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> hey, can I ask you about your um your voice because you have quite an extraordinary beautiful bellowing voice i would say what's mm-hmm. your relationship like with listening to your own voice can you do it does it
1: make you feel weird i love it i you love it. it yeah 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 oh, I love hearing that yeah actually actually with the records and uh, and one thing i love working with now anzo um the records sound like what my voice sounds like in my head, and so right. um, which is not yeah, I, like there's that whole thing about how um you hear your voice without reverb, and I mean there's well one there's that the whole thing about hearing your voice with reverb in the room, and then how your vo- your voice is made up of your how your bones resonate, which is why people who look similar sound similar, um but mm. um. I am – I'm really uh, – voices really fascinate me. I really enjoy um, the sound of my own voice. I like hearing it um, and I really like – because I really like playing with it. I have a, I I have quite a decent range if I choose. I can sing quite high um, and I can mm. sing quite low. I spent a lot of time in my early 20s trying to sing quite low and I mm. now can and um, and I really enjoy playing with my voice, uh, like hearing it because I'm playing with it. You know what I mean? Like it's like this, yeah. Th- the recording of my voice is such a big part of me being uh, understanding what I'm actually doing with it. So I wow, love it.
0: that's so great. I love hearing that you love your own voice because I think a lot of a lot of artists struggle to listen to their own records, or or maybe they struggle listening to their own records w- once they've let go of it. Um, mm because they wonder what they could have done differently or they hate the way that that bit sounds or they hate the way that, you know, that thing was sung. Yeah. Yeah, and I find it, even personally, I find it really difficult to listen to any live singing of myself because I, I think I feel not very confident in my own performance. So it's nice to hear someone feel confident in their own voice.
1: I don't know if it's confidence, though. I mean, one, I'm a massive wanker, but also <laughs> like the. I also I don't know if it's confidence. I think it's more of an acceptance. Mm. It's like that is what I am, you know. Um, and and these days my voice is my main instrument. I write a lot of songs on guitar. Some on piano. Um, but once they go to the band, I often don't play them. Um. I've got one acoustic track on this record, and in the end, we turned it around and slowed it down. It's in reverse and slowed down. You wouldn't know it's an acoustic guitar. And having said that, I'm not even sure if we used my version of it. We might have used another one. So yeah, it, my voice is my main instrument, and mm. um, I don't. I'm. I'm not going for perfect. You know, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm going for. Um, power i guess but not necessarily like um huge vocal power but like something that i don't know i i enjoy being able to grab people
0: yeah i think you you fully
1: sing with conviction i would say i have this um it's it's it's, it seems to be something that's in my family and it's probably something that i've learned and i do sort of hope my daughter learns it too where we say stuff and people believe the things that we say then mm-hmm. um, I seem to be able to just say things and people take them as facts when mm-hmm. I actually don't know what I'm talking about most of the time. <laughs> so um, it's it's amazing, and I and I've actually noticed that my daughter is starting to pick that up as well as as a way of communicating. Um, Does she but,
0: sometimes y- tell lies with that n- delivery? No,
1: but she's. I mean, there's she's. It's about that um, saying stuff and being a. Sure of yourself, you know. Mm. She says stuff and being sure of herself. That's great. Yeah, she tells you things like they're facts, and they may not be facts. But I mean, the things she's telling me about are like you know, kid stuff. So it's yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I yeah I I um I enjoy. It's it's a for me it's a real craft singing and performing and so i really um like to listen to myself doing it and think about how i'm doing it and think about what i like about it and which bits i could have improved and that sort of stuff like that for me and when it comes to vocal delivery um just listening to inside your head isn't isn't quite true Mm. so the recording is the most more important than the just inside the head
0: that's so true who were your who were your go-to guys when you were growing
1: up in terms of vocal heroes? Uh, Jim Morrison and Roy Orbison, and I think if you listen to those guys, you can really hear that. Um, yeah, but then also, um, I was a, like a big fan of Janis Joplin. Um, I really like how she can go from zero to a hundred, then back down to like twenty, and then totally. Like, Without – like, that's not an easy thing to do, I think, like without it sounding – like, the dynamics are all really off. Then um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, massive Jim Morrison fan. I sang a Doors song at a, at a club in at, – like, at a karaoke bar in Berlin that we'd just ducked into because we needed to get off the streets to do the drugs that we'd just bought in the park. <laughs> and yep. so I was like, oh, well, I'll quickly just jump in and do this Jim Morrison song. And everyone was <laughs> – I really nailed it. And, um, <laughs> and everyone was like, you cannot leave, you cannot leave. And I was like, I'm, I have to go. This is not what I, my evening is supposed to look like. But but it was a real moment of It validation. was a real moment. I was yeah. like, all these years I've been singing along with Jim Morrison and this is my moment to get up and fucking do it. I so love I did it. And it was, it was great, but Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you my last question which is the question mm-hmm. that I ask everyone can you tell mm-hmm. me the strangest thing that's happened to you because you're a musician
1: well I actually threw it to the band and was like here's some things and they threw some like, some answers that were not particularly arable. but um, <laughs> the uh, and then I said we've got this great story, this isn't my story but like we were driving around and we saw this huge, we were driving to a show Actually, the show that I'm about to tell you about. Um, and there was a huge pile of potatoes. And we were like, we have to get a photo next to this giant pile of potatoes. And uh, and then we did. And then we noticed that they were Swedes. And we were like, oh, it's not even potatoes, it's Swedes. And then everybody got in the band van again. Like, the next time we went past a pile of potatoes, we got this photo. Swedes. And then yeah. <laughs> and then, then the everyone went to sleep. And... Joe stayed awake and he got this photo of this incredible palace that we just drove past and nobody got a photo in front of. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have this incredibly, incredibly dorky photo of us all standing in front of this pile of Swedes. (laughs) Anyway, that is actually a pretty good story. Maybe I should leave That is really good. I love that. Someone's going to illustrate that though. But yeah, no, I want to tell this story just mainly because I want to see someone illustrate it. Yeah. So we played this show in MEN um, in France and there's canals. I don't know if there's canals, but there's definitely one canal. And it's this beautiful, looks like a painting of a French city. Um, and we played at a place that's um, called the Moon of Pirates, but in French. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's this awesome venue that's quite narrow and... Um, but goes has a huge rise on it. So the people at the top are standing way higher than the st- top of the stage. Um, and, uh, but it's quite narrow. And it was this excellent night. We, the venue was um, must have been sold out. If not, it was very close. It was packed. And we had a really fun time um, playing the show. But in the canal was this um, wooden man um wearing a t-shirt and we were like what's with the guy in the canal wearing the t-shirt and they were like um there's uh universities or like different sporting clubs swim out there and put their t-shirt on the guy you know and then there's this thing where how long your t-shirt's going to be out there for sure and um we asked if we could put our t-shirt out there like we were like would anyone be offended you know if we did that we don't want to piss any you know whatever the local customs are we don't want to piss anyone off and they were like yeah. of course you can do it but it's illegal to get in the canal ah yeah were you thinking about your gig your stinky gig t-shirt no i kept that because <laughs> it was a very good show <laughs> well you're not listening that was a very good Sorry. show so no it has to go for the next gig that stayed um and so two of our band members uh Rashawn and kat volunteered to put our band t-shirt on this canal man and uh and so the show all wrapped up and it was in this so next to the canal was this little where the venue was was this little street that can only really be accessed if you need to be there so you have these bollards that come up and down so our driver goes and gets the van and so um the driver went and got the van and then we're like let's do this but they told us that there was often glass at the bottom of the canal like it was amazing you could see fish and swimming around and stuff during the day so we gaffer taped their thongs to their feet and um smart two of us made um gaffer tape priest outfits like the little collar and we were (laughs) like if the cops come we'll just say this everyone's got god's blessing and it's a religious activity Yeah. yeah and uh so, and then also us, two, it was me and Ed, um, we're singing the worst version of Moon River that you've ever heard, which we like to <laughs> sing together. And it's got it's all its own lyrics, but they're all really, it's like, it's very much like someone who doesn't know how to sing Moon River, but we sing it together. <laughs> and so we were singing Moon River and Rashaan and Kat get into the water and they swim out and get, climb up onto this guy who turns out is a little bit bigger than he looks from a distance. <laughs> And put one of our t-shirts onto him, and while they're out there, <laughs> we who are not being discreet at all, while committing crimes, it turns out, um, the we saw these sirens like lights go off, No. and the cops had seen us, and we we're like, oh my Fuck, god, it's the cops, it's the cops. So we're like, get back, get back, get back. So they get they they swim back. And um, they get back, and we're like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. And we all get in the car, but because we're in this little tiny lane, and we're yelling at the driver, drive, 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 you gotta go, you gotta go. But he's just showed up, like, he doesn't know what's been happening. He's sort of just got out and seen us, like, seen us climbing out of the water. And then we're like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. And then as we're driving off, these fans jump out of nowhere and they stop us, and they're like, oh my God really good show tonight, really good show tonight. Oh, no. And we're like, get out of the way, get <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> the cops are coming. And, <laughs> and then the cops get there and uh, they're not happy with us. Oh, no. And, uh, there's a, about five of them. And uh, anyway, so then the venue has to come out and be like, they're just Australian idiots. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um <laughs> Just and we're like we're just gonna go. We're never gonna come back to Amen I again. I mean, maybe I'd love to. Anyone from Amen who's listening to us, yeah. we had such a good show. We'll absolutely come back, but don't tell the cops we're there. And then um, we're like, we have to get out of here. Um. Uh, and the cops in the end, they were being very serious. But then one of them goes, you know, sometimes there's sharks in there. And when oh he said God. that, we were like, oh, we are off the hook. We're fine. No one's being arrested tonight. We can all go to oh. the next show tomorrow. I think we were playing Paris <laughs> the next night. It was a really big show. We could, really could not afford for anyone to be arrested. Um, Holy and then, shit. Um, so then we made our driver drive back into town, which was sort of 20 minutes the other way to get a photo of the shirt on the guy. And it's still on yeah. there. Well it was still on there when we got that there the next day. Amazing. But yeah, it was it was amazing. It was such it was we were the worst criminals <laughs> um anyone's ever seen. So worth it. I tell you what, when those cops came that we took our priest outfits off, our priest collars <laughs> off, we were like, We do not need to stoke this fire at all let's just yeah i know i'd love to i'd love to talk to those fans who stood in front of us and were like yeah anyway it was that's my story
0: that is such a good story i love that i i love that i almost felt the panic that you guys would have felt when you said the sirens
1: came (laughs) so good we actually have a video of it you need to post it and and you and it's not a it's not a very good video because you can't. Well, like, you can't have it posted. It's us singing this <laughs> river in the in the background, and and um and then, but you see the lights flash, and you see us go, "Fuck, that's the cops!" <laughs> and then, but they also because it's canal. They're on the other side of the canal, like they had to come around. Oh. like, We've got this moment to boot from the cops. And then those fans, I just love it so much. Could you imagine that you see a band drive off and you're like, hey, really good show and they're like, Get the fuck out of the way, the cops are coming. And then the and then the cops stopped them. That's what happened to those guys. Anyway, no one got arrested. No one even got any sick. No like no one got sick. No one got um. No one glass flashed in their glass. feet. Yeah, the venue guys were like, when we said go in the canal, we thought you would go at like 3 a.m. Not now. It was like 11 o'clock. There's still like people everywhere in the streets. Damn it. <laughs> it's, they're like it's against the law. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love that story.
0: Um, thank you so much for telling it. So lovely to talk to you. And thank you so much for making the time. I'm like legitimately... Um, excited about your record, I I think it's gonna do amazing. Um, I hope you're really proud of it. It's, it's such a amazing thing, and I hope everybody immediately after this podcast goes to listen to, uh, to the record. It's everywhere. It's out, and you're on tour. Um, make sure yep. you buy tickets early. Buy
1: tickets. It's good for my mental health
0: buy tickets she gets all the updates
1: um i I know what you've done (laughs) i know if you've bought them or not i get the updates
0: so buy ticket early it's important for everyone's mental health um Mm -hmm. and yeah and hopefully i'll i'll see you in person one day soon
1: awesome